Okay, and we're recording. Hi, everyone. Thanks again for joining in. This is the third session in our leadership skills series. So it's been really fun so far. And thanks for joining all the way through to the last one, staying with me here. Our topic for today, career development in times of uncertainty, is very timely. And not only for us as leaders to help others on our teams progress in their career, but as individual contributors to think about our own career and how we want to progress over the coming weeks or months or the next few years as well. So as usual, my goal for today is to give you guys some action-oriented advice and exercises and a lot of prompts for thinking about your career in maybe a bit more of a creative way. So an introduction to myself, I think everyone's joined the last few sessions that's on here today, but just to review, um, I am a leadership strategist, I'm a yoga teacher, I'm an author of two books, and I'm also an entrepreneur and founder of my company, Awake Leadership Solutions. So as you guys can hear just from my title, I definitely have a few different careers. I'm also a tutor, so I am very into diversifying in terms of career, and that's a lot of what I'm going to talk about today. Now, when we think about career, I think a lot of us think of career in different ways and just sort of think to yourself in your head what comes to mind when you think about career. And I'm in the process of writing and editing my third book right now, which is called Awake Apprentice, which is all about career development and developing a more diversified or creative career. And so I really had to think about what is my definition or what is the definition of career? And I'm going to read from you guys uh, from the book, just what, what I talk about in terms of what a career really is for a modern leader. A career is a specific progression of work contributions that leaves a certain impact and value for others. So I don't know if this resonates with you guys. You can give me a thumbs up if it resonates. And if you have any other thoughts, feel free to write in the chat. But that's sort of my perspective on what a career really is, a progression of work contributions that leaves a certain impact and value for others. And most of us know that careers aren't always linear. And this definitely relates to our, our uh, topic today of career in uncertainty. We're in a time of uncertainty right now with the pandemic and the virus that's going on. And it's really uncertain for a few different reasons, but one being that we don't know what the future is in the short term, right? A lot of us have, have been impacted differently in terms of our career and our jobs, but also, in that um, it's uncertain what the world's gonna look like after this is all over and we go back to normal. Is it going to really be normal or is there gonna be a whole new normal and what does that mean for us in our contributions and in our careers? So really career is always uncertain. I hardly know of anyone that's career is certain. My only career certainty story is when I was interviewing for a job right out of college it was a consulting firm. I don't know if any of you guys have interviewed at a consulting firm, but they had a very clear planned outline of every two years, how my, year, how my career would progress. I would start as an analyst, and if I achieved these five things, then the next two years, I would be a manager, and this is what my job would look like. And if, if I achieved these five things, the next two years, I would be senior manager, and this is what it would look like. And if I achieved that, the next 10 years, I'd probably be a principal or a partner or something like that, and that's what it would look like. Now, for personal reasons and all different kinds of reasons, that's not, not necessarily certain, but that was the most career certainty I ever experienced or heard of, and I actually didn't choose that job. I went into retail and supply chain, which is very uncertain, <laughs> but um, as far as career, uncertain, or career certainty, 
that's the most certainty I had ever been given. And I was like, wow, that's really structured and straightforward. But I ultimately didn't choose that that was for me. And even if someone does choose that kind of career that's very certain, there's still uncertainties, right? The company, the demand could change, um, the vision could change for personal reasons, location or interest, things could change. So really career, my point here is that career is really always uncertain, right? It's just that right now in the time of a pandemic like this, it, when uncertainty is brought you know, right in front of our face, it's when we really realize it's uncertain. And when we're looking at our career in terms of like a horizon point, right? Like a point out on the horizon, we can see the horizon at a certain distance, right? Maybe a week or a month or the next two years, what our career looks like. But there, there's always a horizon point out there where the earth curves and we really don't know what's next. And I think that in a, in a time like this, that horizon point comes a little bit closer, right? Instead of knowing the next year or two, we might only know the next month or six months or year of what's really gonna happen or what we envision for our career. So I think when that horizon point is brought closer, it sort of awakens us to the fact that career is uncertain and how we want our work progressions and contributions to unfold um, is brought more to our attention. So today my goal is to really answer five questions about career development in times of uncertainty. And I hope that these five questions really span what all of us or each of us might be going through right now. So even if one of these five questions doesn't directly apply to you, it might have in the past, so it would resonate. And also it might give you some guidance and ideas for how to help others, people on your team or peers or friends and family members that might be asking you these questions. So hopefully one or more questions relates to you and where you are in your career or where you see your team members are in their career, but um, also others around you, right? So your help, I hope that it helps your ability to help other people right now as well. Okay, so let's get into our first question, which is, when will my job resume again? What should I do in the meantime? Wait around or do something else? And we're starting very foundational and then we're gonna go further into the area of job transitions and diversifying career. But to start very basic, where a lot of people are right now, um, when will my job resume again and what should I do in the meantime? Should I wait around or do something else? Now, my answer is definitely right now to not just wait around and do something else. But I have a few other ideas or suggestions as to what you or someone in this situation could do. This time is a time, especially if you lose your job or your job changes or your perspective changes, it's awakening a lot of us to the fact that though we're all very interconnected, career is uncertain and it's a time to develop independence and really independence in our thought and also deeper self-study as to what our skills and strengths are and what our potential is. So think of it as an opportunity, as many of us have heard before, even if that's a hard thing to do. And really, a few ways to do this is to first learn, is how you can spend your time. That's, that's the most basic, learning in terms of reading a book, taking a course, getting certified in something that interests you, and I'll talk about interests a little bit more in a few minutes. Um, also talking to people. So talking to family, talking to friends, talking to peers or past coworkers about what are my strengths? What are my skills? This, this often brings up new ideas about what you could do and what the next step for you could be. And then finally, learning about your own interests, which is an act of self-study. In my, in my new book, Awake Apprentice, 
I talk a lot about interests. That's what the whole first chapter is about, connecting to and leading with your interests. And so reflecting what your interests are in terms of products, services, experiences that evoke more connection, inspiration, joy, and happiness for you, and how you could integrate, learn more about these things and integrate them into your career. So learning is the first thing. The second is explore and experiment. So this is sort of an extension of learning. It could be something that's personal or something that's professional. You could research something related to your career or your interests more in depth right now, especially online or by taking a course, but also start to get into action. And that could either be by doing a new recipe, planting a garden in your yard, something at home, but taking action in an area that interests you that's new. So the first is learn, then explore and experiment. The third is build something. So build something encompasses learning and exploring or experimenting, but building something is a great way to use your time right now if you're looking for what's next. And by building something, I don't necessarily mean you have to get a $3 million investment and build a company, but I mean, you can build a website, you can build a blog, you can build a prototype for a product. There are a lot of different ways you can build something um, in order to start thinking about what could be next for you in terms of a personal project or starting with something simple and then thinking about how that could relate to your professional career and how you can use your skills and your strengths in order to do that. So there's learn, explore and experiment and build something. So you could make a mind map or take notes on how you could actually do these things and then reflect on where you want to start. I recommend starting with just one thing if you can. So the fourth um, thing you can do if you're waiting for your job to resume again is to refine your tribe. So the people around you are really important in influencing your career. And I often found myself at different times in my career with people that I really respected and other people that sort of told me I should be doing a certain thing or looking for a certain thing next in my career, but it really wasn't resonating as something that was exciting or important to me. So I think another important thing to do is reflect on who's really contributing positively in terms of positive energy to your career and who maybe after this pandemic you should touch base with quarterly, but maybe not spend as much time with because they're not giving you that strong positive energy for your career development. And the final thing I'll mention here is obviously getting a part-time job. A lot of the things I've talked about so far are more on the growth side of career development and what you could do with this time. But obviously career development is sometimes about filling a deficit in terms of finance or in terms of location or needs that you have. So I would also recommend um, that you get a part-time job if you need to, because that's also a way to learn, explore, and experiment. So that's how I'd answer that first question. Do you guys have any comments or questions about this one? Have you guys um, done any specific learning experiences to sort of advance in your career, either on the side or related to your profession? Yeah. I know. Yeah, I'm sure most of you have. Cool. All right. So yeah, feel free to write in the chat if you have any questions and I'll always get back to them during the session. So let's move on to the second question. The second question is, when will my work volume go back to normal again? Sometimes, some days or some periods, 
I'm feeling really overworked with operational tasks. And some days or some weeks I'm bored and I don't have my usual volume of work to do. So what I would say to that is if you're feeling overworked in terms of operational tasks or you have a week or a month where you're super overworked and you're like questioning your career and totally questioning your job, the first thing I would say is to practice self-care. And as I've said in the past, in some of the, the sessions we've had, it seems almost contradictory to have time to practice self-care when you're super busy. How do you make time for it? But one thing that's important to learn when you're in really busy times operationally is setting boundaries. Setting boundaries in terms of the time you're at work and the time you're spending on personal time and setting those boundaries to really come up for air so you don't burn out. And I learned that the hard way a lot in my career when I was in retail and supply chain. So in terms of the second question, um, I'm bored, or the second part of this question, I'm bored in some periods and don't have my normal volume of work to do because of right now it's very uncertain as to, to what's gonna happen after this. So work volumes are up and down. If you have a lot of time, I'm gonna return to my answers for the first question, learn, explore and experiment and build something. So learn time management and use that open time that you have to um, learn, explore and experiment and build something. Oh, Chuck, I, saw, I, saw, I see your question. The second question is when will my work volume go back to normal again? I have some periods where I feel really overworked on operational tasks and some periods where I feel really underworked, like I have a lot of open time. So my answer for being overworked is find time to practice self-care, setting boundaries, making sure you don't burn out. And also I would add to that question, returning to your mission. Last week I talked about how in Awake Ethics, I have a personal mission statement. And sometimes when you feel overworked and you're like, what am I doing? I'm so busy, this is so exhausting. Returning to your personal mission for really why you're doing what you're doing in, at, in your work is really helpful for continuing to move forward. So that is the second question. And so moving on, let's go right into the third question. Let me see if there's any questions here. <laughs> yeah, Samith, thanks. Learning more about leadership. Chuck got back into photography and made it a bigger part of my marketing role. That's really cool. Thinking about the next phase of my career, including an idea to start something on my own. Nice, diversifying. Abby, is it a bad practice to only reconnect with mentors because it's coronavirus? How can we carry this connection into normal life? That's a good question. Yeah, I think there's a lot of practices that we're all learning during this pandemic period that we wanna really note and take back into our regular lives. So maybe as we learn about the reopening plan for the country or for the world, it's important to note down the really important new practices that you've cultivated, whether it's self-care or better connection with others and really what that impact has been on your day-to-day -day or your career. And pick maybe not everything, but a few of the most important things that you really wanna take forward and integrate into your new normal so that when we do have that reopening plan, you have those in mind. So that's a good question. Bill, refining the tribe might include touching base with past good contacts that have gotten out of touch in recent years. Yeah, that's true. So it's not only um, not paying as much attention to people that are taking energy from you in terms of your career development and sort of leading you down a path that feels forced, but also adding in or reconnecting with people that could give you ideas or support or guidance or helpful guidance 
for how to move forward and having a career related discussion with them. So that's a good point. Nice. Okay. So moving on to our third question, we're getting a little bit more into the growth and career, the real career development topic here. So the third question is, when will I have an opportunity to be promoted or progress in my career? So what I would say to this one is first pause and self-reflect. Why do you really want a promotion or why do you really want to progress at this point in your career? You probably have a really good reason as to why that is. Like you're ready for more responsibility. You'd like to have a larger impact. You'd like to learn something new, but really connect to why you're feeling that way. If you're feeling as though it's time for a promotion or it's time to progress in your career. And by connecting to why that is, you can better envision what that next step should be in terms of a promotion or in terms of new development. Because I think a lot of people view a promotion as that next linear step in your company or in your current job. And it really could be something else, right? Maybe it is time for a regular promotion, but if you really connect to why that is and what you want out of the next step, it might be a different job in a different company or a, 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 different, a, a different culture, a different, yeah, a different company. Or it could be maybe just starting something on the side and diversifying, which I'll talk about in, in a little while. So connecting to why that is, and a great, a great um, practice for this is daily writing, which I've talked about in the, the past videos as well. So taking 20 minutes or 30 minutes in the morning and doing your free writing or daily writing to connect to your mission and really what you want that next step to be and why. Another um, exercise is, of course, to ask your leader. So asking your manager, when would be the next opportunity for me to get a promotion or expand my responsibility at work? And not just requesting that, but actually asking them, you know, if I wanted to take the next step on our team and get a promotion or progress in my career, what's your feedback as to what I could work on or how I could do that, right? So not just asking for the promotion, but actually asking for feedback on what you could work on while you're waiting for that next step to arise or how you could get there. Am I ready for that? Or is there something I could work on? And they might have really valuable feedback that they just don't normally think of giving you. So it's, it's an important thing to ask your leader and have that discussion with them. Another one is of course to learn in parallel. So going back to learning opportunities by reading a book, taking a course, getting a certification, those are all great things to do to self Take, take your own control in building your skill set and preparing for the next level. Um, in addition to talking your, to your leader, talking to friends and peers and family members about what your strengths and skills are and really what the next level could be for you, whether it's in your current job, in your current company, or somewhere else. And then the fifth, which is very important, my, my fifth piece of advice here, and this is where really where the leadership connection comes in, is to help others as you would want to be helped. So a lot of this comes back to us in our career, but if you can lead by example on your team by showing other people that you can help them progress in their career, you'll be leading by example and you'll be surprised how, how they'll do that for you and how it will also give you more strength as a leader and a team member. And ways that you can do that are to give positive acknowledgement and thanks to others. So can you give people recognition in group meetings for helping on a project? Can you send them simple thanks? 
Another one is to nominate people, right? Nominating them for a conference or a speaker opportunity, nominating them for an award. Another is to send them opportunities. Could you give them a special project opportunity? Could you give them an opportunity to collaborate on something in order to expand their skill set or move forward? And finally, just bonding and forming relationships. So career development is a lot about networking, right? Because getting to know other people helps you to get to know what else is out there, right? What, what other jobs do people have? What other interests do people have? So building your network and talking to people is another one I think is really important for this question. So does that help you guys in terms of the uh, promotion or the progress in career question? What comments do you guys have? Did I miss anything? Are there any ways that you guys have approached, you know, wanting a promotion or progress in career? Yeah, Smith has a comment. Great. I find it may be harder now for people to think about others when there isn't that physical closeness. Definitely true. How could we emphasize the importance of this with our team and our leadership? Great question. So as I talked about in the last, last video series, the first, which is pretty basic, is to follow up and try to have those one-on-one -on -one conversations or group conversations with your leaders or with your peers. But when we're not in the office and there's not that physical, physical closeness, as you mentioned, or the opportunity to have those more casual conversations that are a little more intimate, I think it's even more important to follow up and states the importance of having the one-on-one -on -one conversations virtually when you can. And practicing empathy is one thing here that's important. You know, what could be going on in others' lives? They're busy, they might have a family, they might be going through hardship right now. But I think following up and having those one-on-one -on -one conversations with your team members or with your leader is even more important right now than ever before. And if you keep getting a no, right, or you keep getting a decline or a cancel or whatever it is, which has definitely happened to me in the past, I think it's just a prompt to take it a little bit more on yourself to talk to friends, family members, peers about what they're doing and how they're progressing and to practice some of these self-reflection prompts in terms of your mission, in terms of thinking larger on what you could do to expand your skills and take the next step. Sometimes it's just a sign that instead of talking to your leader, you should explore some other, other venues for progress until your leader is ready and you can talk to them again. Because you can learn a lot in that time, you know, when you go off the path of just going to your leader. But it's a good question. And I, I still do think that the virtual meetings are really, really important to stay connected in that way. All right, so let's move on to our fourth question. Hope that we're getting more interesting as we go here. So the fourth question is, should I be making a career transition? I feel like I need a change. I'm not happy with my work every day and I don't really see where it's going. So this question is all about, is it time to make a transition and how do you know if it's time to make a transition? So the first thing I would say is to go back and ask yourself, just like in the previous question, why a change? Why are you thinking about a change? Sometimes we feel that it's time for a transition or we're uncomfortable. There's some kind of discomfort in our work, but without really asking ourselves why that is, um, we reach for solutions or next steps that aren't necessarily right, or they're not necessarily resolving our sort of inner question or inner conflict. So usually when we're thinking about a transition or a career change or there's uncertainty, 
it's coming from, as I mentioned, either a deficit, like financially we need more, location-wise we need something different, we need something to you know, refuel us, there's a gap or that deficit. And the other side is that we're looking for more growth. So maybe the transition is that you're looking for larger responsibility, you're looking to learn something new, you're learning to change your impact or impact the world on a larger level. So first ask yourself, if you're thinking about a transition, really why that is and answer that question for yourself. Um, because your transition should be intentional. It shouldn't be an escape from your current work. It should be a step forward. So get intentional about why you're exploring a transition. The second is a lot of times, sometimes, a lot of times the, the, the um, craving for a transition comes from feeling disrespected at work or not really liking your team culture or how you're feeling at work. And if that's how you're feeling, I would say talk to people about it and maybe why that is. There are a lot of prompts in my book, Awake Ethics, for sort of self-reflecting on why you're not feeling great about the culture at work, or you're feeling disrespected, or how to realign and resolve issues in relationships at work. So before totally abandoning and thinking about a transition, I do a little self-reflection as to why that is and if you can resolve that at work. Another reason is that sometimes we feel unmotivated. We just don't feel motivated by our work. It's like stagnant, not really motivating. We need to change. So with that, I would say to return to, to your mission. And coming back to Awake Ethics, we talked about the individual mission statement or personal mission statement in this book, which will help to re-motivate you and reconnect you to your mission at work. For motivation, also doing the wins and wisdom on Fridays, your three wins or milestones and three pieces of wisdom to help show yourself that you're progressing and spark the feeling of motivation. And also talking to your leader, talking to your leader about what else you could take on, um, if it's something with the team and engaging the team, or it's something to make progress in your career. Um, and finally, if you're really feeling like a change, it may be time to make a change, but get intentional about it. And as I said in the first question, return to your interests and think about what you could do that really helps you to connect with the products, services, and experiences that spark joy, connection, and inspiration for you when you're making a shift. And it could be a new job or a new, vent new venture, um, but it could also be a smaller transition within the company that you can use your current skills and strength set. Okay, we have a question for, from Abby. Thank you. What is the best way to approach your boss or mentor to make them think more about your career and high-level direction? Sometimes I feel that my boss tends to mainly think about day-to-day -day items with me. Great question, and I've definitely been there before. A lot of people, bosses especially, or leaders that are managing a huge work scope for a lot of people are really thinking day to day. And they're thinking large scale, but they're thinking large scale in terms of the entire team, not necessarily the individuals. I don't know if some of you guys have experienced that before. They talk large scale or futuristically about strategy, but when you have to dial it down to the individual team member, they don't necessarily have the time or the focus to really think about that. So it is a time to practice independence and prompt them to have that conversation with you. So as you said, you do need to, you do, that's the first step, is to approach your boss or mentor 
to make them think more about your career and high level direction. And I actually think it's an opportunity for you to go into that conversation with a plan. Think yourself, if I had to design my next step in my career progression, what would it be? And have that intention, statement, mission, or hypothesis as to what the next step for you could be in your career right now, and go to them with a question. Instead of giving them such a large open-ended question, like what should I do next in my career? Can we talk about that? That's like to them like, whoa, this is like a two hour lunch meeting with a huge open-ended statement. But if you go to them with, I have some next thoughts, you know, I have, or I have some thoughts for the next steps in my career, the next year of my career, could you give me feedback on it? You telling them what you're thinking and what's going through your mind is one coming from you. So you're connected to it and coming up with it, which probably means it aligns more with your interests. And also it's giving them a narrower focus to respond to, right? So they might have positive feedback and how you could expand on that. Or they might say, that's great. Or these are some things I would consider some things you haven't thought through. So I think you taking the time to self-reflect first and think about what you would envision as the next step and then coming to them with that and asking for feedback um, could give them a more narrow scope to respond to and it would save both of you time and they'd probably be more responsive to that. So does that help? Yeah, okay, cool. And Chuck says, what if I feel as though my promotion would come only at the expense of a coworker and therefore I don't wanna force the issue? Yes, another good question. So if there's a coworker that has that next senior level position that you would want next, I think that's just the natural order of things, right? If that coworker is doing great in their position and you're waiting for that position, then you might want to wait for that position to open up. Um, but if that coworker is not doing great in that position and you feel as though you could do a better job in that position, I think that you have to let nature take its course and really just surrender to the fact that they're in that position and do your best in showing that you can really take the lead and do your job well and support the team. That's really a question I think that relates more to the surrender chapter in my book, which is finding a balance between being okay with how things are and also still doing your best to contribute to the team. If that becomes an issue for too long, like you really need to get to the next level, you're, you're looking for expanded, expanded responsibility, um, maybe talking to your boss to see if your position could turn into a position at the next level, if you need to hire someone else under you. So, I mean, I think there's not always a fixed number of positions in a company. Companies are malleable, right? Organizational charts can change. So even if an organizational chart has been that way for a long time, like there's someone senior to you and you're under them, or you know they're laterally above you, organizational charts could change. If your responsibility keeps expanding and your scope keeps expanding and you need to hire someone, they may add another position at that level. It might not be that exact position that you need to replace someone, but you could move up and over to a slightly different work scope that's on that person's level. So I think if you continue to work hard and do the best that you can, and also keep expanding your responsibility or your scope at work, there could be an opportunity to replace that person when the time comes, 
or if not, they may see the value add that you have both in terms of work and financially for the company to promote you to that next level with your, you know, expanded work scope. So I think, I think you can sort of open, open your mind to more creative solutions there. Does that help? Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, so let's move on to our final question. Um, should I be diversifying my career? And that's one of the main things I wanted to talk about today. So of course my answer is yes. I think everyone should be diversifying their career. So progress is, progress is important in your career, but diversifying is also really important. And right now in terms of this pandemic, when so many jobs have been lost, there's a high demand in some areas and a much lower demand than normal in other areas. It's awakening everyone to the fact that yes, we probably need to diversify our career. The next thing that happens, if there is a next thing that happens, could affect another industry or another you know, means of connecting with people or offering to people. So as Chuck mentioned with the photography, I think it's great to have skills in terms of learn, what I mentioned before, learning, exploring and experimenting and building something that are parallel to your current career either as a project or something personal or an actual other career. One thing that I really like to do is uh, tutor as well. And I don't really advertise that as a service that I do, but I tutor math and science for like middle and high schoolers. So I really enjoy doing that. And um, my main offerings, which are leadership and yoga, can be separate, right? I can do leadership coaching and training very separately from yoga. And I can teach yoga, like the poses and an actual physical or exercise practice separately, but they also relate. So I can be one person. So I think finding interests that um, are related in your professional career, but can also act in parallel, right? In times like this, when there's a deficit in, in a certain area, or you can't give in a certain way is an important thing to think about when you're trying to diversify. So I talked about learn, explore, build, and I talked about connecting with your interests in order to diversify. And one other thing here that's really important is to connect to what makes you happy. So interests often make you happy, but in terms of, but interests are kind of a subset of your larger happiness, right? Happiness also relates to your schedule, your environment, um, who you're able to interact with every day. So think about, and I like to make a mind map of this, and I, I have a lot of mind mapping examples in my books, or you can easily Google search mind mapping and see what it is. I often mind map in the center what happiness is to me and the key 10 or 20 components of what happiness is, whether it's sunshine and nice weather, doing yoga, connecting with friends and family, um, cooking new recipes, uh, making a mind map or connecting with what really makes you happy is a really good way to start both the process of career development or a career shift, but also think about how you might wanna diversify in your career. What, what might you wanna get a certification in? Could that certification relate to something that makes you happy so that you can learn more about it and share that with others who need to learn more about it? So we have a comment here, I'll pause from Abby. <laughs> Abby says, I have too many interests that help me diversify and make me happy. What is the best way to choose? Good question. So I, I used to think that having all these different interests like leadership and yoga and cooking and tutoring was a bad thing, right? Because I think the la last generation or last 50 years, 
is really all about mastering a certain skill or a certain industry or a certain profession and just going forward with that. And that is what you do. But I think we're seeing more and more that the world is uncertain. And as the world becomes more connected and united, there's actually even more uncertainty, right? Technology moves at a fast pace. We have pandemics like this. So I think the answer to your question is that it's not bad to have multiple interests and actually pursue those maybe professionally and maybe as an energy exchange or something that you give other people that you enjoy and don't necessarily charge for. But if needed, you could charge for. But <laughs> Samith says, pursue all of those interests and see where it leads. Yeah. I think it is good to start with casting a wide net and thinking under each of those interests, how could I go deeper? Which of these would I want to get a certification in? Because maybe only one or two of your interests relate to something you take a course in or get a certification in or offer to someone else, right? So I think thinking about it, <laughs> he's, yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Abby is a Gemini. Yeah, explore and experiment. So I think having, having a lot of interests when we're talking about diversifying is actually a good thing. And what I would recommend is, again, mind mapping or writing down the first 10, five or 10 interests that come to mind. And you can include your current career because this is, I'm not talking about dropping your whole career in a specific direction that you're spending 40 hours a week on and just doing 10 different things. You can still have one key focus that's your full-time job. I'm saying things on the side, a part-time project, a job that's maybe seasonal, um, could be something where you diversify. And so keeping one core focus that you're a master at and that you know pays the bills well and you enjoy doing, and then listing another five to 10 interests and maybe expanding, mind mapping on those as to which of these would I wanna share with other people? Which of these could I get a certification in? So um, I think that's a great way to start, but thanks for the question, Abby. Help me expand on that. Okay, so let's see if there's anything else here. Yeah, one more thing with happiness I'll just mention is not forcing. So if, if you're like, hmm, I have a lot of interest, but I'm not quite sure how I wanna take it forward yet, or I'm thinking about a career transition or shift, but nothing's come to mind that's like I really wanna go forward with, I would say don't force it, right? Allow, allow yourself to use this time to practice patience and perseverance. So wait for the really right answer that comes to you that feels right and you wanna pursue. So just because we're in this pandemic time and it's like, oh my gosh, I should have a side project or a side gig or a side job, don't react, right? Take the time to think about it and respond thoughtfully when the right answer comes to you. So don't force it, don't jump on it and force it and then find yourself in a situation that you're like, wow, this really wasn't intentional or thought through. So take your time. Okay, Bill has a comment. My career diversifications have always been based on talking with people and identifying new needs that relate to my main career and my interests. Yeah, that's a great point. I think the two ways of really reflecting are self-reflecting in daily writing. That really helps to find your voice and have a conversation with yourself, right? And connect internally with what you want. And then also talking to people, as Bill said, that you respect. Um, it, things surface when you talk to other people and you have situations that you can relate to each other in 
and ideas and things surface that you might have not found on your own in your own writing. And people may be able to spot trends in what you're saying and even be more real and uh, frank with you about what you want and what your skills and strengths are than you are with yourself. So I think both are really important. Chuck says, so like Abby, too many interests and can't pick. So I don't force it. But then am I just leaving my path to the wind or taking the oath of least resistance? I always lean on the side of, uh, or the path of least resistance. I always lean on the side that it's good to have a lot of interests and take that path of least resistance. But I do think it's a practice of time management. So having one or two things you really focus on and become a master at, for me, and I'm still working on this, but I know after doing a lot of self-work in my career, it's leadership and yoga are those two things. And I use, it's not to say I'm not an expert or, or not interested in retail and logistics. I definitely am. That experience in my early career plays into everything I do with my leadership coaching and my leadership content. So I'm definitely building on that, but I like focusing on leadership and yoga because I can give to others professionally and I also really enjoy them and keep finding layers of new learning and new growth when I explore these topics. But I also love cooking. I also love tutoring, as I said. So I don't think too many interests are a bad thing, but I do think professionally, since we're talking about career diversification, having just two or three that you really focus on and master and use as a means of offering, especially when we're talking about financially, is key. So keep all your interests. <laughs> you don't have to delete any of your interests or totally ignore them. But when we're talking about career and turning them into something you can offer others, I think it's important to focus on two or three and how you can do that. Yeah. All right. So do you guys have any other questions? I hope these five questions were helpful for you and answered the, sort of the spectrum of questions you might have about career development. If you think of anything else, you can let me know in the chat now. As I go over some books, as you can see, I have about 200 books behind me on my shelf, and I haven't spent a lot of time on books <laughs> during these sessions yet, but I will uh, refer you to some books that I believe are both in print, and some of them are eBooks, but they're all in print, that if you have some open time right now, um, you could explore reading. And they're all related to career development and things that I talked about today. So Chuck asked, what was Q5? Oh, Q, uh, question five was, should I be diversifying my career? And how can I start doing that? Yeah. Okay. So one of the books that I always recommend is How Can I Help by Ram Dass. So this book is all about service and how to just be more present in D for service. So there's a lot of stories from the field, which I love. Um, and it's a lot about finding identity through service and being more open-minded and non-attached in identity through service. So this is one that I recommend, How Can I Help by Ram Dass, one of my favorite books. Another, which some of you may know, Tim Ferriss, moving into the business realm a little more here, The Four Hour Work Week is awesome. This book's been around for a while and it's definitely a bestseller, but I still am recommending it for anyone that hasn't heard of it. It talks a lot about overcoming fear both in uh, career and also in your day-to-day -day work and in your life. So that's really key. And it talks about how to optimize your schedule, obviously from the title, four-hour work week. And so you can maybe make more time for those side projects 
and uh, career diversifications that you want to make. I'm going to mention three more, just so you know. Another is creative confidence. It's actually a green cover, but I took the cover off because I've had this for so long and I've traveled with it. The cover got all and eh, like the paper cover. So creative confidence by um, Tom and David Kelly, who are the founders of a company called IDEO. Some of you may have heard of IDEO. It's a design consultancy company here in the Bay Area. And this is for if you're trying to get more into the creative realm. If you're coming from the business realm and trying to be more creative, this is an awesome book for that. You can see creativity now. So there's a lot of exercises and guidance for how to experiment, how to fail, how to become more creative. So creative confidence. Um, the fourth one is the creative habits by Twyla Tharp, another one in the, the theme of creativity. She talks about how to create, uh, how to develop creative rituals and become more creative through action. So the creative habit. And then finally, if you're going more toward the entrepreneurial realm, maybe thinking your shift or your diversification is starting something new and becoming an entrepreneur. I love this book by one of my influencers, uh, Danielle Laporte, which is called The Firestarter Sessions. Each chapter is a step-by-step -step guide in how to think about your new venture. And it's very creative and open-minded, but she talks about things like working your passion. When I talk about influences, she talks about um, masters focus on what they do best. So focusing on your skills and your strengths and your passion. Um, she talks about, so there's a lot of exercises, um, thinking about what business are you really in. So she turns a lot of things on, it, on its head to help you really get closer to your mission as an entrepreneur if you're starting a new venture. So the Fire Starter Sessions is a great guide and activity book for starting a venture. Okay, and then I'll review my books Awake Leadership, Seven Vitals for Successful Leadership. If you're looking to take the lead, that's a great way to transition in your career is to step up and take a leadership position. So that's one of my books. And my second book, Awake Ethics, is more of a personal development book. It's 10 ethical principles for leaders, but it really helps to cultivate better relationships, resolve any issues or misalignments in your career, and think about how you wanna move forward. What's your mission? and what might need be the next step for you in your career to make an impact on yourselves, your team, your organization, and humanity in the way that you really want. So those are my two books. Let me see if we had any comments here and then I'll, I'll make some concluding statements. So Abby has a question. Sometimes I think people who have more focus and more unified and clear career goals and milestones are more fulfilled. What do you think? Good question. I do think for some people, they find one thing that they really like and go for it. Very single track mind and it works for them. Um, I do think that's been more of a trend in the past. I think that's the minority of people in the present that have one thing that they focus on and it totally works out for their whole life and they don't have to go off track at all. But I think the group that we have here and a lot of people I connect with are people that are a little more on the creative side a little more futuristic. And like Chuck said, they just don't know what they're missing. <laughs> so I think exploring different interests isn't just related to surviving, right, in the age when we have pandemics and when there's disruption and when that horizon line comes closer, but it's also about, about discovering your potential. So you may be just a master at something, at one thing, you know, as a lot of famous people in history are, they really honed into one thing and knew it was their calling. 
right? That's obviously a minority of people. But what I think a lot of people that just focus on one career path are missing is their potential. Like as humans, we're, we're very multi-layered people, multi-dimensional people, you know? Have you ever met someone that had one career and then realized like, oh, I actually really love art and I'm an artist or they were doing just one thing and then found like, oh, I really need this other thing. I love that. Like for me, that was yoga, right? I was very, I was very into engineering and number crunching and my job. And then I found yoga and I was like, wow, I could also be an exercise and philosophy teacher too. So I think it's not just um, being successful or feeling validated, but discovering your potential. So having something on the side, because the last thing I'll say here is that I do think it helps to also make progress in your main career or your main contribution. Because we all find that we come into ruts, whether it's with creative work or just our day-to-day -day job, right? Sometimes we feel unmotivated or we're like, oh, we've been doing this for five days in a row, we need a break. And that side project or side career can actually be a way to rejuvenate by doing something that's completely different. So when we come back to that other work, we feel more motivated and rejuvenated and ready to do it, right? So I think having the balance of the two allows you to take a break from one and do the other and vice versa. So cool. All right, the last thing I'll do is I just wanna share my screen briefly and show you guys, I have added something special for you all yesterday. I'm gonna share my screen here. And so this is just my website. But I want to show you guys how you can navigate to my store, of course. I just talked about my book. So over here, I'm pressing the shop button. And it takes you to awakemarketplace.com. And I've added a temporary for April and May 20% off discount for you all. And the discount code is CONNECTION in capital letters. So C-O-N-N-E-C-T-I-O-N. -N -E I, I know you can all spell connection, but just thought I would say that <laughs> in capital letters. So you can pick any items you like from my store. My two books are here and I send them to you signed. Um, I have journals, which you can see here, these handmade journals, which are great for your daily writing. And especially if you travel as well, which hopefully we'll be able to travel soon, but um, also great gifts for your team. I have postcards, which are good for positive acknowledgement. And yeah, so tons of goodies. And if you use the, the discount code CONNECTION in all caps um, this month or in May, I can send you, you know, any, any items from the store with the 20% discount. All right, so I'm gonna stop sharing. I'll come back. Hi. All right, so again, guys, thank you so much for joining for this series. It you know, really means a lot that you all took the time to sign on, and I hope that um, you learned some new things. If you wanna send me via email sometime this week any of your key takeaways, that would be awesome. And I will be designing another series coming soon, probably this summer, and I may also be putting out some very affordable, uh, specific skills um, videos or series that I'll be sending out in my newsletter. So just stay tuned on my newsletter for everything that's new. And especially for my next book, I mentioned Awake Apprentice that will be coming out in September and ready for pre-order in August. So again, thanks guys. I hope you all have a great day and stay in touch.